an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined this morning by Andrew Erickson and Derek Brown. Fellas, we are talking some must-start players here in Week 5. Starts. A month into the season, it always goes quickly. Let's dive right in. Debra, we will start with you, and we will start with the running backs. Give me your three must-start running backs in Week 5. So I'm going to bring up a guy that a lot of people might not anticipate here. uh, Tyler Algier. I think that he's very flex-viable this week. We saw those first two weeks where he got 15.5 touches. That could happen this week with Atlanta saying, look, okay, you're really good versus the pass. We're not going to pass the ball. Strange, I know, Atlanta wants to run the ball. But they could lean on Bijan, but also Tyler Algier this week in a matchup where Houston, seventh highest explosive run rate, only takes one big run from Tyler Algier to pay off. So viable, flex-worthy, like him this week. Uh, Aaron Jones, next guy I got to bring up here. And this is assuming that, like, okay, His practice reports are good. He's going to be a full go. I know that that game's later in the week, and we're still kind of waiting for that. But I think that the efficiency metrics we've seen from Aaron Jones, such a small sample size, toss that in the trash can. He's still a good running back. This matchup is fantastic versus the Raiders, who have allowed the 12th highest explosive run rate, 11th highest missed tackle per attempt rate. As long as he's healthy, Aaron Jones is going to have a day. And James Conner's the last guy i got to bring up here. We might not look at the Arizona Cardinals offense and say, wow, that's really sexy. I want to play all those dudes. But James Conner, we need to give him his flowers. Playing really good football this year. RB19, averaging almost 90 total yards per game. Tackle breaking metrics are through the roof. Cincinnati cannot stop running backs on the ground. Sixth worst explosive run rate allowed. 14th in yards of contact per attempt allowed. I think James Conner, a lot of people are going to rank him as an RB2 this week. He's got RB1 and high-end RB1 upside this week. Yeah, Debra, you, you kind of anticipated it, but I was surprised with the Algier you know, inclusion here, given how the last couple of weeks have gone. The fact that Bijan, it's not like they would want to take carries away from Bijan because he's just been so good. <laughs> You're right about the matchup, so I'm just kind of curious. Like, By the time we get to Sunday morning, how high do you expect to have Algier in your ranks? I've got him, and Worm, you're going to have to tell me where consensus is at on him, because I've got Tyler Algier at RB30 right now. And I, I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't know if it's not. But I might bump him up a little bit higher. I want to make sure I'm above consensus on him. But, like, in the same kind of breath, are we playing Jalen Warren over Tyler Algier, Samaj P. Ryan over Tyler Algier? I'm not, but I don't know where ECR sits with that. So... Interestingly enough, you are actually below consensus by one. Oh, he's he's okay. RB29. That's in half PPR. That's as of Thursday morning. So he's RB29. All I heard was Tower Algier RB25. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so yeah, some of the people ahead of him in consensus, Najee Harris, Miles Sanders, are not people you're like excited to start. So I think if mm-hmm. you want to be bullish on, on Algier, 
It is bullish, right? That's the good one. Bearish is the bad one. If you want to be bullish on Algier, yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Then, then I think it's reasonable to move him up to that uh, you know high end RB three range. Let's do some who should I starts actually here. Now this tool is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. It's just a player comparison tool when it gives you you know the percentage of experts that are picking one player head to head over another. You can actually go up to as many as four players at a time. We're just gonna do some one on ones here, and I will start with Algier. And this is in half PPR, by the way. And the guy who's one ahead of him in consensus, Gus Edwards. So, Debra, Tyler Algier or Gus Edwards, who are you starting this week? I'm going to go with the bus, man. I think the bus rolls this week. I've got Gus ranked aggressive. I think aggressive. I mean, I've got Gus as an RB2 this week. That 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 one you are higher on consensus because he's RB28 currently in the expert oh, consensus yeah. ranking. I love so Gus are, Edwards this week. You're aggressive there. All right, the next one, Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara this week? I'm oof. all right. I, right now I have Alvin Kamara because we don't know the health status of Aaron Jones. We get practice reports Friday, Saturday that he's looking fine. Everything's good to go. I'm going to push Aaron Jones above Alvin Kamara. And then lastly, James Connor or Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, it's Connor. And that, that, that is sad for me to say, but Mondre has not looked good. The only thing that Mondre, the reason he's kept his workload is because as bad as he's looked, Ezekiel Elliott's looked worse. Yeah, I, I asked that one because I know you're a big Ramondre fan, you know, in a vacuum, but the, the consensus is on Connor there I'm, as well. I'm low so. on Mondre. I've got him at RB19 this week. Like, yeah. he's an RB2. I won't push him into RB1 range. Yeah. Erickson, who are your three must-start running backs? Uh, trust the process, folks. Play guys against the Denver Broncos. So, Brees Hall is a must-start running back for me. Yes. I don't know if anyone's able to start Brees Hall at all. Like, this year, besides week one, and even that was shaky because he was coming off the injury. So, Brees Hall... Training wheels are off, according to head coach Robert Sala, and the Broncos are the number one matchup for running backs. So you got to start him. Like, if you have him on your team, he's done pretty much nothing for you, and this is the spot you got to start him. Like, you can't ignore the matchup. You can't ignore the coach speak. This should be a positive game. Now, does he get 25 touches? Maybe not, because they paid Dalvin Cook a lot of money, and he's probably going to be somewhat still involved. But this is the spot where if you have Brees Hall, you need a spark on your team. I think you you got to trot him out there. So... He's going to finish what he started. How high is high enough? Where do you have him at? Because I, I've got Brees as an RB1 this week. That's what I'm curious about. I mean, I have an RB, RB20. Like, I, I, I don't think that, again, it's still the Jets offense. Like, you know, we don't need to go crazy. But I think that you should just start him. Well, maybe I'm just going team. crazy. You have him on your team, <laughs> Run but, all over the Broncos. But, yeah, he's going to finish what he started last year. You know, he was on pace for 150 yards, two touchdowns against the Broncos t- until he tore his ACL last year. So going back to that same field, I think it's going to be an emotional game for Brees Hall. I think it gets it done. So he's my the guy I'm probably most excited about. I put him in the show sheet like two days ago. I was I was, I was like, gonna say Erickson on like Tuesday. Didn't you said, put him in any caps too? Brees like, Hall. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, who's playing the Broncos? Brees Hall. That's my must start running that's, back that's this week. Guy. Don't let me down, Brees. Erickson Hall. made sure he got his name in. And he was like, all right, gotta save yeah. this. You can't get him, Brees. <laughs> yes. So going with Brees, and then I'm riding the, the Gus bus as well. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Gus yes. Edwards for me. Look, the Raiders and Texans couldn't run the ball on offense until they faced the Steelers because the Steelers have just been atrocious against the run back-to-back weeks. Gus Edwards looked good last week coming off the concussion, 15 carries for 48 yards. He had a 69% snap share, which is pretty high for a Ravens running back when they usually are always going running back by committee between Justice Hill and and Melvin Gordon but it was clear that Edwards was operating as the bell cow and he also had three targets and he actually had a really high route participation at 65 percent so for getting any additional juice in the receiving game 
for Gus Edwards, along with goal line touches, along with just rushing efficiency, which he always comes with whenever you start him. I feel confident starting Gus Edwards this week against a reeling Steelers defense. And then my last guy on the other side of that matchup with the Broncos and the Jets, Jaleel McLaughlin. You know, you picked him up off the waiver wire this week, most likely. I do not think Javante Williams is going to play. He did not practice on Wednesday. When you start the week with the DNP, more often than not, you don't play that week, especially because now it's like he left the game with a hip injury. Now they're saying it's a quad injury. So it's like, I don't know what, you know, is going out of Denver right now. But considering he's coming off a season-ending injury last year, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to have them play him in this matchup. So I don't think Javante is going to play where McLaughlin was a top 10 running back last week in half PPR because he scored a touchdown. And even though he played less snaps than Samaj P. Ryan, he still went seven for 72. He had a 31 yard long rush, he caught a touchdown, 32 yards on three targets. RB nine last week, like I said, a top 10 running back. And even though he only played 33% of the snaps, 16 total snaps, he touched the ball on 63% of them. So when he's on the field, they're giving him the ball. And by the way, he's the NCAA's all-time leading rusher. This guy can make plays with the football in his hand. So the Broncos seem to like him. He seems to be one of Sean Payton's guys. And so they're going to feed him in this matchup against the Jets, which is really good. Seventh most rushing yards allowed per game to the New York Jets defense that got destroyed by Isaiah Pacheco. And that's their weakness. Like That's how you attack this Jets defense, not to their secondary. It's through the ground game. And we know that Denver does want to try to establish the run when they can. So I like McLaughlin. Brees Hall or Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones. Yeah, that is where consensus is. Brees Hall or Saquon Barkley if Barkley plays. Oh, I love Brees. <sighs> Saquon Barkley, man. Um, that's tough for me. I think yeah, come on, Erickson. Brees. I think I, mean, I would I, go Brees too. I guess. I'm gonna like, pressure I, guess you, I just don't know how healthy Barkley is off an ankle yeah, injury. I mean, yeah, coming off the injury, you never know. The Giants. Uh, would we be surprised if Brees comes out here and gets like 20 to 25 touches? Would that be like just absolutely shocking when the Jets are like training wheels are off. Dalvin Cook has not played good. OK, let's go, Brees. Look, look, all right. So I'm changing my answer. I'm going Brees because if I if I drafted Brees, I'm playing him this week. Like I like again, it's yeah. like you can look yeah. at the rankings, you can look at the projections it's like, no, if I drafted Brees Hall and I didn't start him against the Denver Broncos, then why did I draft him? It's like one of these yeah. things. Yep. Where it's like when you draft players that are injury prone, you start them until they get hurt. This is the process here with Brees Hall where it's like, if he's on my team, he's been on my bench, he sucked for Let's an go. entire month, I'm starting against the Broncos. Uh, Gus Edwards or Miles Sanders this week? Gus Edwards. He is the starting running back on his team. Please tell me this is not close for him, <laughs> and I got a feeling that Miles probably wins this. It's not close, but not in the direction you want it to be. Oh, <laughs> Dude. that's... No, baby. I have a feel it's Thursday morning right now. I have a feeling that will change by the time we get to Sunday. People I, need I, to get on the bus. To be fair, Gus has not really produced this year because I mean, obviously there was a concussion. He hasn't gotten that many carries. Uh, last week, he had the, his most attempts of the season with 15. I mean, his, his weekly finishes are 41. This is just a running back 41, 18, 42 and 38 and half PPR. But I am I am with you guys. Obviously, I'm with you guys. You know, I, I love Gus. Like he not only is he the bell cow at this point, he's also the closer. And we think that this Steelers team is not good. They usually play the Ravens close, but we think the Ravens are going to oh. win. Therefore, the Gus is going to be the and, guy late that's going to get all those Baltimore carries. Baltimore is and going to pummel them this worm, week. Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Gus Edwards was always good against the Steelers, even when their run defense was actually good? Because I remember like citing stats yeah. where it's like the Steelers haven't given up a hundred yard rusher since. 
Gus Edwards like, did it. Yeah, like, I mean, man, Gus, gonna make me pull up, like, Gus, Gus is Edwards good against everybody. He's, he, if he gets the usage, Gus is a good running back. He's, He's a great fit in the offense. I've been saying so. forever. Yeah, that's why the, I felt the other confident. the other thing on Gus too is like Lamar in recent years hasn't run as much near the goal line. He has this year, and that's hurt Gus because Gus has not been getting those touchdowns. But those are going to come just the way they like to use him. So I I, I mean I, I'm with you. I, I like Gus. I get why people might be looking at what he's done this year and a little hesitant, but I think he has he has a really nice week this week. Um, three, and his then, last three matchups for the or last four matchups for the Steelers: sixty six yards, ten, eighty seven, and one thirty. That's his last four games versus them. He's he's a good running back, and he's a good fit for for a slobber knocker. People get on the bus. Like this one, uh, and then lastly, Erickson, just give me a big name that you're going to start McLaughlin over this week. Ramondre, I guess is, is a big name okay. I would do. Like, wow. Look, again, like I thought about putting Ramondre okay. on my sit. Um, I was thinking about yeah. putting him there because, look, it's for me. Like, I have him on teams. I'm not sitting him just because I'm like I love Ramondre. But I, I'm giving you permission as a listener. It's like he sucked for four weeks. He's getting as much volume as he can have. It's a bad matchup against the Saints, and he's on the injury report. Like, I'm hoping that again, not hoping that he's hurt, but I'm hoping that. An injury is the reason he's not been the explosive self that he has shown us that he can be, and that's what's limiting. Also, the Patriots' offensive line has been really bad at like opening holes, um, especially their interior. They've had a lot of injuries. So if you're just really frustrated with Ramondre, again, if this was a different matchup, I think that you could probably do it, but I, I think in this particular spot, uh, Ramondre is someone that I'm not trying to jam into my lineups, and I would take a guy like McLaughlin, who I think is more upside, personally. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. This week, I am very excited for what should be an excellent Sunday night football matchup between Dallas and San Francisco, two of the best defenses in football, and yet the total is 45 on DraftKings. The spread is 49ers by three and a half on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So San Francisco is getting some real respect as one of the last two undefeated teams left standing. However you bet that one, get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code FANTASYPROS only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467-369 in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort kansas Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Debro, hit me with your must-start receivers. All right. Well, I know that they demolished a passing attack last week, but we're going back to the well, baby. I want Michael Pittman versus Tennessee Titans. Ninth most fantasy points per game allowed to wide receivers. Christian Fulton and Sean Murphy Bunting both giving up over 117 passer ratings in their coverage. 
Pittman's going to have himself a day. Next guy I'm going to bring up here, and we're going to go down the line a little bit. And we talked about previously, like, our worries a little bit about C.J. Stroud, things like that. Like, I am I'm worried about C.J. Stroud this week. I am not worried about Bob Woods. I am starting Bobby Trees. I want to sit here and be above consensus on him. I, I, I understand. We've had big games out of Nico. We've had big games out of Tank. Robert Woods gets the best matchup on the board against D. Alford in the slot. He's going to run at least half of his routes against D. Alford. D. Alford, 125.8 passer rating allowed in his coverage. I think Robert Woods is going to be get peppered with targets this week. And last guy I got to bring up here, Worm, you'll like this one. Say flowers, baby. Pittsburgh Steelers have been demolished. Uh, per my dude, Scott Barrett, the wide receiver ones against Pittsburgh. Brandon Ayuk went for 32 points. Amari Cooper, 16. Devontae Adams destroyed them for 42 points. Uh, Nico Collins, 35 fantasy points in that game. Zay Flowers is going to crush. You've seen a lot of man coverage from the Steelers. Zay Flowers can eat that up for days. I think he's going to have, along with the bus, Zay Flowers is going to have a day. Uh, you know I do like hearing that one. Do you, do you worry at all about... Um, you know, Odell looks like he might be back. Rashad Bateman looks like no. he might be back. No. Them just sort of spreading things around a bit. No, uh, because the fact of it is, is that Odell has not commanded targets, even when he's been on the field. Same thing with Rashad Bateman. And that makes me really sad to say, but Shoddy B is not the same guy that I loved as a prospect. I think the, the foot injuries really have taken something from him. By the way, Robert Woods, you said you want to be above consensus on him. In the expert consensus rankings, he's only wide receiver 44. So it's not going to be hard for you to be above consensus. Oh, I've got him. On where, him. Oh, Bobby Woods, where are you at right now? Um, I've got him at wide receiver. He is inside my top 36. Like right now, I've got him at wide receiver 32. Okay, so very, very above consensus on him. Then you are buying in big. Let's do some one-on-ones here. Michael Pittman or Calvin Ridley this week? Oh, Pittman. I'm going Pittman easy. Robert Woods or Rashid Shahid? Woods. This is a terrible matchup for Shahid. Uh, Shahid feasts versus zone coverage. That's not what you're going to see in New England. So I think it's a big, uh, it's a lot of targets to Chris Olave. Not much for Shahid this week. Okay, that's a good note. And then Zay Flowers or Nico Collins. These guys are back to back in the consensus rankings. Zay Flowers. I want nothing to do with those outside corners for the Atlanta Falcons. And I think that CJ Stroud doesn't want anything to do with them either. I've got Zay right now as my wide receiver 17 for the week. Okay. He's, he's 20 in ECR. So you are also above consensus on him quickly. Erickson, Zay Flowers. What do you expect from him this week? I expect a, a really big game from Zay Flowers because the thing with the Steelers is, no. yeah, they have a really good pass rush, but like if the pass rush doesn't get there, their secondary just gets absolutely decimated by whatever receivers they're trying to cover. Like Patrick Peterson, man. Oh God. I, I, I will cooked. say, <laughs> I will say for as good as he's looked, Lamar has been at his worst in not just against the Steelers, but in Pittsburgh in his career. That's where he's played the worst, like pretty by far. He's going to crush them this week. Totally. I, I sure hope so. <laughs> uh, say goodbye to your own start sit dilemmas with Fantasy Pros Start Sit Assistant. Within seconds, you'll know exactly who to play for optimal results each week, leveraging insights from numerous experts. The Start Sit Assistant aligns your lineup decisions with the top minds in fantasy football, giving you a competitive edge. Maximize your lineup's potential with just a few clicks. Head to fantasypros.com slash my playbook and make winning decisions in no time. Erickson, give me your must-start receivers. 
All right, we're going to start with Marquise Hollywood Brown for the Arizona Cardinals. I like Brown in this matchup against Cincinnati Bengals. Look, he's averaging eight targets, 60 receiving yards per game, 27% target share, 44% air yard share, which is seventh among all players this year. So he's seeing a lot of the downfield looks that are coming from Josh Dobbs. And the Bengals are facing the highest average depth of target this season at 10.3. So Marquise Brown is getting the targets. He's been really consistent. We're liking what we're seeing from Josh Dobbs. And they're attacking or teams are attacking the Bengals downfield. And that's where Marquise Brown can pick up chunk yardage. So even if we're seeing more opportunities for a Michael Wilson, who I also do like in this matchup as well, uh, Marquise Brown has still kind of been the alpha guy getting the majority of targets. So I do like Marquise Brown as a guy you probably drafted as a bench receiver that I, you know, I get a lot of questions about him where it's like, do I start this guy? Like I draft him as a bench guy, but he keeps outproducing all my starters. And it's like, well, maybe you should just slide him into your starting lineup. You know, he's played really well. Um, and he's ha- definitely shown some chemistry with Josh Dobbs. My next guy here is Tutu Atwell uh, for the, the LA Rams. I know he kind of had a down week last week, but he still saw a decent amount of targets in the offense. Cooper Cup are still not sure if he's going to play in this particular matchup. He says that he wants to play, but the Rams might be kind of like, okay, we're going to hold you back. We want to make sure you're 100%. Um, so it does change a little bit if Cooper Cup ends up suiting up. But Atwell mostly plays in the slot for the Rams. And that's how you attack the Eagles defense. Like you attack the Eagles secondary with their safeties and their slot corners. They had a lot of injuries and they've allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers, ninth in total receiving yards per game to wide receivers overall. So I do like Tutu Atwell coming off a subpar game where he still saw nine targets. So he still had a strong game from a a usage standpoint. And, you know, he's very easily taken over whatever Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson has just been running cardio routes for the Rams, where Atwell has really taken on that number two role beside Puka Nakua. So I do like the interior attacking that with Tutu Atwell. And then sticking with uh, playing players against the Broncos, uh, Garrett Wilson. Um, again, Garrett Wilson has been a player that people have been probably hesitantly starting in their lineup just because he keeps on delivering. And I think this is a matchup where we're finally expecting him to actually have a good game. Nearly half patched certain, and that scared a lot of people away from DJ Moore last week. DJ Moore had a massive game against the Denver Broncos. It didn't even matter because, yes, certain is going to be on Garrett Wilson for a little bit of the game. We saw certain shadow DJ Moore on over 50% of his routes, but that also means that on the other 40% of his routes, he's running against other cornerbacks on the Denver Broncos, like Demary Mathis, who is absolutely horrible, who's allowing a nearly perfect passer rating when he's in coverage this season. So, Garrett Wilson. You can't feel confident about starting him most weeks attached to Zach Wilson. But again, the Denver Broncos are the gift that keeps giving on defense. So you got to fire up your Jets if you have them. And that starts with Garrett Wilson, who, despite the fact that he's been playing with Zach Wilson all year long, he's actually been really solid still. You know, top five in target share, top 10 in air yard share. He has the same points as Christian Kirk, Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Gabe Davis, and Amari Cooper in PPR. Garrett Wilson. And that's with Zach Wilson as his quarterback. So he's been able to overcome you know, the quarterback woes, and now he finally has a matchup that I think that he can actually take advantage of. You, you said before we started recording, Erickson, that you were disappointed none of us had the uh, cojones to pick Zach Wilson as our must-start quarterback <laughs> coming off of an impressive Sunday night performance and, of course, now facing the Broncos. This is kind of your way of giving a little shine on Wilson, I guess, by by picking his number one receiver here, I suppose. Uh, let's, let's do some one-on-one comparisons here. Marquise Brown or Nico Collins? I think we'll start Marquise Brown. I know Nico Collins has been on fire, but again, just looking at the new matchup, I I just don't really love it um, for CJ Stroud in this passing game. So I'm going to go with Marquise Brown. Well, the next guy is also, I'm 
taking from this Texans passing game? Tutu Atwell or Tank Dell? I'm going to go with Tutu Atwell. As long as, as, long as Cooper Cup mm-hmm. doesn't play, I'll, I'll say with that caveat. But Atwell has been really heavily involved, and I like Stafford in, in this spot here with his receivers. And then lastly, Garrett Wilson or Terry McLaurin, who plays tonight if you're listening to this on Thursday. I think I'm going to take uh, so McLaurin. Oh, he's playing the is the Bears. <laughs> I think I think maybe this one I'll is very Mc- close. I will say, and I think the I'll experts. probably lean towards McLaurin. Um, even though I think Garrett Wilson's the better actual wide receiver. McLaurin's no, you know, McLaurin's still a very good receiver too. So I think McLaurin's probably the safe guy. Um, but if I had Garrett Wilson on my team and I drafted him, like again, this is going back to the whole. I want to play my Jets this week. Like this opportunity doesn't happen so often where you can actually start them and feel good about it. So again, my, my rank is probably say McLaurin, but my heart says Garrett Wilson. <laughs> Let's move to the must start quarterback, tight end and defense segment. Debro, give me one of each. I'm going to sit here and double down with Erickson here. Matthew Stafford is a must start and people can look at the Eagles defense and say, Oh, you really want to face that? Yeah, I do. They're a pass funnel. You're not going to be able to run the ball on the Eagles run defense. So what if if the Rams want to move the ball this week? What are they going to do? They're going to have to throw and teams have had success doing that. Seventh highest pass rating allowed this year. Sixth most fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks. Third most passing touchdowns. Yeah, Matthew Stafford is going to be a top 12 quarterback in my ranks. Um, tight end that I got to bring up here and I put this out on social media. This could be the breakout game for Dalton Kincaid. Jacksonville Jaguars are not only been terrible versus tight ends, but you look at slot production, they're allowed. Trey Herndon in the slot has not been able to stop anybody. 145 passer rating in his coverage. Dalton Kincaid has taken over the routes more in the last two games. He's got a 65% route rate over Dawson Knox's 54%. This could be the massive breakout game for Dalton Kincaid. I want to be ahead of that. And the defense, I got to sit this, or I got to start this week, excuse me, is going to be the Detroit Lions. Why are people not giving this defense their flowers? Why, 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 why are people not understanding how good Detroit's defense has been? They're a shutdown run defense. They can get after the pass, so they're seventh in pressure rate. Bryce Young has not been able to do anything this season. I, I don't even understand why Detroit is still out on the waiver wire in so many different leagues. I don't know either. I <laughs> grabbed them ev- everywhere I could. It's this week's is specifically. I am right there with you. Debra, I'm going to give you a chance to be bold here, although it may not be that bold based on how this second guy has played this year. Are you starting Dalton Kincaid over Dallas Goddard this week? I am not. Um, I'm I'm playing Dallas Goddard because I think that he's the skeleton key for how you beat the Rams this week. I tried to let you be aggressive here and I have a bold you, I mean, stance, look. and you just said no. Would you start you him just over handed Evan Ingram? It right back to me. <laughs> start him yes, over Evan Ingram? I, yes, I will. Where, where, where do you have Kincaid ranked, Debra? I've got Kincaid ranked. Let me see. Where is Dalton Kincaid? He, he's down. He's at tight end twelve in ECR. Oh, I've got Dalton Kincaid ranked right now at tight end nine, right ahead okay. of Sir Evan Ingram. Okay, so you are starting here Erickson. ahead of Ingram. Erickson, give me your QB tight end in defense. <laughs> My must-start quarterback is Green Bay Packers QB one, Jordan Love. Uh, I like the Green Bay Packers implied team total. They're facing the Raiders. It's a really good matchup for Jordan Love. Every quarterback that the Raiders have faced has thrown for double-digit touchdowns, aside from Justin Herbert last week, who was playing with like a broken finger. And he still had two rushing touchdowns. So I like 
Jordan Love a lot in this spot, even though he's playing on the road on Monday night. I think that the Raiders are just one of these defenses, again, similar to the Broncos. It's the gift that keeps on giving, especially at the quarterback position. And Green Bay has been really efficient on offense. Fourth best in red zone offense, 11 best on third downs. I think they're going to be able to move the football. I mean, basically, the Raiders' only answer on defense is Max Crosby. And if you can find a way to, like, triple team him, like, there's no one else on this Raiders defense that can stop anybody. So I think that with extra rest coming off their Thursday night, you know, pretty poor performance where their offensive line basically was in shambles against Aiden Hutchinson. I think that they're going to right the ship, get the pass protection uh, shored up. And I think that they're going to be able to keep Jordan Love clean in the pocket and he's going to be able to operate. And he's got his two explosive toys back between Christian Watts and Aaron Jones, hopefully back to 100%. I think that's going to add more upside to Jordan Love. So he's been really productive in fantasy. I think that there's no reason to stop playing Jordan Love. So keep him in your lineups. Uh, tight end must start Tyler Higby. Um, look, coming off a game, Love 10 it. targets. He had a team high, 28% target share, 85 air yards. And the Eagles, again, you attack them through the middle of their defense. That's why I like Atwell. That's why I like Tyler Higby. And the Eagles have allowed the most fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. Like, they bleed fantasy points to tight ends. So Higby's been up and down. He's had a couple good games, a couple bad games where he's disappeared. But they've shown that with last week, 10 targets, like, he can see volume in this offense, especially with the Rams dialing up pass happy attempts with Matthew Stafford. I think this game is going to be a shootout in the dome in LA. I think Tyler Higby is going to be a big part of it. So he's one of my favorite streaming tight ends. That you can pick up off the waiver wire. I think it's a great matchup for him. And he's a full-time player ran around on 89% of the dropbacks right in line with his 90% rate from week three. So I really like Higby. And then at DST Miami dolphins, um, basically available because they played the bills the week before. And Daniel Jones got sacked 10 times. Paris Campbell added another sack of his own 11 sacks for the giants on Monday night football. Uh, I mean, and then the Giants actually came out of that game with more offensive line injuries than they <laughs> entered the game with. So Andrew Thomas looks like he's not even going to play. Again, I mentioned the other O-line injuries. Miami's defense is not good, but I mean, the Giants, <laughs> the Giants offense is equally as bad. It's the classic uh, case of the movable object versus the stoppable force. And I'm going to go bet well, on the Dolphins here. When your movable objects like Evan Neal decide to block players on their own team, uh, it's kind of a problem. <laughs> I, I was dying at the Evan Neal com comps to Eric Flowers, and I'm like, oh, no, Ooh, this is so bad. Like, rough. Oh my I was like, oh, why, is Eric, why is Eric Flowers trending? I was at that horrible tackle the Giants drafted. Oh, oh, because he's being comped to Evan Hall, who's also a top 10 pick, and so far oh. has not paid dividends for where the Giants took yeah. him. So, yes, Poor the Evan Giants, Neal. you want to target the Giants. I mean, the Seahawks defense is horrible. And the Giants can move the ball against them. So, yeah, I think Miami's they, in a good they spot. Were, they, Seahawks defense was a weak winner because they yeah. were facing the Giants. <laughs> and that tells you everything you need to know given <laughs> the state of that defense. Uh, quickly, Erickson, would you go so far as to start Jordan Love over Joe Burrow? No. Um, I actually almost thought about making Joe Burrow my start of the week, but I know he did that last week and it uh, burst uh. into flames. Um, <laughs> but I still have confidence that, that most weeks. Uh, I think that Burrow is going to bounce back. So yeah, I put I that still, in the primer still, too. That when I yeah. when I re, uh, wrote up Joe Burrow, I was like, this could be the big vintage bounce back game for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow optimism is not uh, easy to find right now. So you got a couple of guys who are buying in for this week at least. Uh, quick recap here: must start running backs: Tyler Algier, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Brees Hall, Gus Edwards, Jaleel McLaughlin. Must start wide receivers: Michael Pittman, Robert Woods, Zay Flowers, Marquise Brown, Tutu Atwell, Garrett Wilson. Must start quarterbacks: Matthew Stafford and Jordan Love. Must start tight ends: Dalton Kincaid and Tyler Higby. And the must start defenses slash special teams are the Lions and the Dolphins. 
sits. Let's jump right in with the must-sit running backs. And Erickson, we'll start with you. Who are you looking at this week that you don't want to be starting in your lineups? Najee Harris is the first guy I don't want to start. He's been pretty bad this year overall, so you've probably not been starting with confidence anyway. But again, another tough matchup coming up for him facing the Baltimore Ravens. They're sixth in expected points added on run defense, seventh fewest rushing yards allowed per game this year. They're the only team to not allow a rushing touchdown. And really the only running back that's done anything against them was Zach Moss. And it took 30 carries and overtime for Zach Moss to be productive against this Ravens defense. So for me, Najee Harris, who is in a 50-50 committee with Jalen Warren. Look, the Steelers offense is a total mess right now. I know Kenny Pickett's supposed to play, but how effective is he going to be? Matt Canada's offense is, again, awful. This team needs the bye week to get healthy and to figure things out on offense. So for me, Najee is a floor play at best. And you're just praying. I mean... The guy, the last two weeks, has had good matchups and has, like, barely gotten there. He led the team in receiving yards last week because he caught a pass for 32 yards. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen again for Najee Harris. So he's someone that I think is he's more like an RB3 this week, so I really try to get away from using him. Um, the next guy here is Jameer Gibbs. Look, he played 37% of the snaps last Thursday. It was his lowest snap rate since week one. 12 touches. Look, in PPR, I get it because he's going to catch a couple passes outside of the backfield, and the matchup is pretty good against the Carolina Panthers, but... Dave Montgomery's the RB1 in the Lions' backfield. Like, I don't know what else we need to see. When he's healthy, it's Dave Montgomery's show. They give him all the red zone looks. So Gibbs, again, is a floor play at best. You're hoping you're going to get some points from him. He's been outside the top 24 running backs in three of his four games played, the one game obviously being what Montgomery missed. So he's outside the top 24 for me as someone that, again, it's a floor play at best with bye weeks. And then lastly is Samaje Pirine. Um, it doesn't look like Javante Williams is going to play in this game. And I think that might suggest to some people to, oh, I should play Samaj P. Ryan. Like, he's the backup. Like, he's the next guy. But I don't really see his role changing that much. I think they're really going to lean on the rookie Julian McLaughlin more than Samaj P. Ryan, who's still going to be operating on third downs, catching passes out of the backfield. And I just don't see this as a game where, oh, they're down big against the New York Jets. They're going to have to rev up the pace, and P. Ryan's going to catch a bunch of dump offs. And P. Ryan's just not that good either. Like, he had a couple good games last year, filling in for Joe Mixon, but. He's been a jag most of his NFL career, and I think that there's a reason why you're already seeing the Broncos play a rookie running back, undrafted guy, over him just last week. So even if Javante Williams is out, I would not be fooled into playing confidence or with Samaj P. Ryan and starting him this week. Do you think, Erickson, that there's going to be a week where Gibbs just like has the big breakout game and sort of rests this from David Montgomery? Or do you think, barring an injury or Montgomery like really falling off a cliff, for the Lions in Dan Campbell's eyes, that it's just not going to happen. I think that he might have a big game, but it's like it's one of these things. Are you forecasting or are you wish casting? Like that's kind mm-hmm. of the the way I see it is we're wish casting it to be the big Gibbs game. Like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's like okay, well maybe, but it could happen at the end of the season, like in week sixteen. So again, I still think he's an interesting buy low player, but until we actually see him, you know, unseat Dave Montgomery, which isn't going to be the case because Montgomery's played really well. Like Montgomery has a really good success rate. I get that his yards per carry is not amazing. And people are complaining how he, he runs like a bowling ball, but dude, he's getting yards. He's getting yards, scoring touchdowns. He's getting first downs. Like what else do you want your running back to do? So he doesn't do it in the sexiest way, but I don't think Dan Campbell really cares. They never went away with Jamal Williams last year. It's like, again, I don't want to compare it to De- DeAndre Swift, but the Lions are cooking right now. They should be undefeated. You know, if it weren't for that one overtime loss to the Seahawks, they would be 4-0. 
And I don't think they're going to change things up just for the sake of changing things up to get the rookie running back more involved. They like what they've seen from him so far, but I think that he's just a RB2, RB3 guy in PPR until we see something different. Let's go into our Who Should I Start tool. This is free to use for anybody at fantasypros.com slash start. It's a player comparison tool. Every time I ask about a couple of players and give you the percentages of how many experts are picking one side versus the other, this is using that tool. We're using the half PPR setting on that tool. So, Erickson, would you rather start this week, or I guess what I said, would you rather sit this week, Najee Harris or Miles Sanders? Woof. <laughs> don't, don't like either guy. Man, that one is tough. Miles Sanders is losing out to work to Chiba Hubbard, and I don't know if he's healthy either. Ugh. I guess, I guess <laughs> Najee. I, I just, I mean, I don't want to play running backs against the Lions. Like, the Lions have been a really good run defense dating back to last year, so. And Sanders is already, I guess I'll just play the healthier guy in Najee, and I guess if you look at some advanced metrics, he's apparently <laughs> become the super explosive running back, even though if you just watch the games, like, <laughs> I don't think that he is explosive. He just had a couple big runs. Um, so I guess I would go towards Najee uh, begrudgingly. <laughs> How about Jameer Gibbs or Damian Pierce? Uh, Damian Pierce for me. I think it's just a volume play. you more confident in him just getting and, volume. And then lastly, this one is exactly 50-50 in the tool. So break the tie for us. So Najee P. Ryan or A.J. Dillon? Oh, God. A.J. Dillon. Oh, <laughs> oh. See, AJ Dillon's going to go off now because he's playing the Raiders and everybody hates him and dropped him the past week. I guess I'll just go with Pirine. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for breaking that tie. Debro, really quickly before I get to yours, Pirine or Dylan? Would you agree with Erickson there? Ugh. Um. Yeah, I'll go Pirine <laughs> on that one. It's 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 gross. The only reason I'm going Pirine is because I think Sean Payton wants to go Pirine. Like, after... Javante went out it was P Ryan show or at least he played 60% of the snaps and I'm like it's gross yeah. but Ugh. all right give me your three must sit running backs in week five I'm gonna start this off with uh we do not need to be playing running backs against the Tennessee Titans so whether JT plays this week or whether it's Zach Moss I don't want to play either one of these guys I get if you have to and if you have to, seriously temper expectations. We've seen what this looks like. People rush to play Josh Kelly and Jerome Ford versus the Tennessee Titans. How'd that work out for you? Not good? Mm-hmm. So either one of those guys, I really want to sit if I can. The other guy is Isaiah Pacheco. And I, I know that I'm saying this and Isaiah Pacheco is coming off a monster game, 158 total yards. But going against the Minnesota Vikings... Look, their secondary might not be great, but their run defense has been. Third lowest explosive run rate allowed. Sixth lowest yards after contact per attempt. I think this is a game that the Chiefs want to move the ball. They're going to have to do it through the air. So if you've got better options at the wide receiver position or where have you to play in the flex over Pacheco, I think you need to do it. The last guy I'm going to bring up here is, yeah, I'm, I'm sending Miles Sanders. I want no part of the Detroit Lions run defense. Keep saying it to people. Keep writing up in the primer. They are elite. Elite. This run defense needs to be discussed in the same way that we talk about Tennessee. We talk about San Francisco. Run defenses where we're like, oh, man, I I, I, I don't want any part of that. Fifth fewest fantasy points per game allowed, uh, fantasy points per game allowed to running backs. Yeah, I, I cannot play Miles Sanders, especially after last week when he lost work, like Erickson brought up, to Chuba Hubbard and... Whether you want to say that's health or effectiveness, either way, it could be one and the same. 
but I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with Miles Sanders this week. I want to ask you, since you brought him up specifically about Jonathan Taylor, we actually have a poll up on yesterday's episode on Spotify. Everybody can go vote in that and share their opinion here. It's about Jonathan Taylor. And the poll is Jonathan Taylor returned to practice on Wednesday. He's 27th in the week five consensus running back rankings. Is that too low, too high, or just right? So I want to get both your opinions on that. Debro, RB27 for Taylor. I know you want to sit him because of the matchup, but is RB27 too Mm -hmm. low, too high, or just right? Uh, it's just right. I mean, right now I've got Zach Moss as a placeholder in my rankings um, because we don't know if Taylor's yeah. going to play or not. So I've got Moss in there at RB27. So I'm I'm firmly with consensus on this one. Erickson, what do you think? RB27 for Taylor, uh, assuming he's the one who plays? Yeah, I think that that's a fair assessment. I mean, we don't know what his role is going to necessarily be. Don't know if he's going to play. It's a bad matchup, but it's hard to just say he's a outright sit because if you drafted Jonathan Taylor on your team, like the chances are you may have not have another running back at your RB two. I know I have teams that I am dying to play Jonathan Taylor this week. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I don't even care if they said he's I, on a snap count, like I'm playing him because I have no other options. So yeah, that's kind of yeah, where I stand. I am in the same spot uh, as well on more than one team. <laughs> uh, the, the results of that poll so far, uh, too low is getting 36%. Just right is getting 37%. And then too high is uh, down at 26%. So it's fairly even poll, but just right is uh, just barely edging out too low. Debro, let's do some player comps here. Either of those Colts running backs, let's, you know, Taylor or Moss, if Taylor doesn't play, or Jaleel McLaughlin. Oh, um... I would take Taylor over McLaughlin. I would not take Moss over McLaughlin. So I don't know how we're going to parse that, but that, nope, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it really, and the lean with Taylor only comes down to his explosive ability. Like if he could break off one long run, sure. then he probably pays off during, through, for the day. Yeah. He's, he's the type of running back that could, if you're going to have success against Tennessee, it would be more him than mm-hmm. kind of a more plotter volume guy in Moss. Uh, how about Isaiah Pacheco or Raheem Mostert this week? I'm going to go Mostert. Um, and I know Mostert uh, popped up on the injury report or mispractice, but as long as he's going to be healthy and he's out there, he's going to get enough work where versus the Giants, they have been terrible versus all things running back. So I would go Mostert. And then lastly, going up against the player that Erickson wants to sit this week, Miles Sanders or Najee Harris. I'm going to take Najee in that one. And that's just a bet on volume. I like, I know that Najee's going to get 15 to 18 touches in that game uh, where I don't know that we can confidently say the same thing for Miles Sanders. And especially, I, I think as bad as the matchup is for Najee, it's even worse for Miles. Yeah. For all you fantasy players looking for something new, Fantasy Sports Evo offers a unique twist to daily fantasy sports. They offer a variety of contests where you select teams, not players, to build your fantasy lineup and compete for cash prizes. No need to worry about a player injury ruining your lineup. No sharks. Evo's single and limited entry contests help ensure fair play. No salary caps. Select any teams you like. Super easy, super fun, and for all sports fans, teams are selected for specific scoring categories and points accrue from individual player statistics for that category just choose your contest pick your teams and watch as your lineup climbs the leaderboard with our live scoring so join fantasy sports evo today and claim your 100 deposit match terms apply visit fantasysportsevo.com or download the app available in both stores and start winning today again that's fantasysportsevo.com erickson must sit wide receivers who you got i'm gonna start Across the pond here, Christian Kirk playing in London against the Buffalo Bills. I don't like the matchup, 
Bills have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to slot wide receivers this season. Starting slot cornerback Teron Johnson has been pretty good this year. Ranks third in coverage snaps per target with teams shying away from him. You know, he's with him providing some tight coverage against some of these slot wide receivers. We have the potential for Zay Jones making a return. He's been limited in practice so far this week. And we saw in the one full game that Zay Jones played, Christian Kirk was invisible. Like he pulled an early Halloween costume. He was a ghost. So we didn't see a lot from Christian Kirk. So I'm concerned that we're going to see Kirk's targets and production start to dip here a little bit in a tough matchup against the Buffalo Bills. The next guy for me is Drake London. He caught a touchdown last week. He almost caught two touchdowns, actually. He was just ruled out of bounds in playing in London. Um, But I don't like the matchup here either against the Texans defense. Very stingy against wide receivers, allowing the second fewest fantasy points per game to the position. Third fewest points allowed to wide receivers aligned out wide where they've been more suspect against slot receivers. So Drake London has primarily been operating as a perimeter wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, whereas Kyle Pitts has really been more of that slot guy. So if you want to roll the dice on Kyle Pitts, be my guest. (laughs) But again, it's, it's another tough spot where it's just hard to trust a lot of these Falcons receivers, especially now that the matchup is not uh, necessarily great. So he needs a touchdown basically to kind of salvage his day as he's done this season. And no team has allowed a lower passing touchdown rate than the Houston Texans. So probably not a spot to chase a score for Drake London. And the last thing, I'm actually going back to London here for the other game, Gabe Davis. I like the under in this game overall. So I'm not looking at it. Okay, this Gabe Davis is playing in a shootout. Like that's when you want to play a player like Gabe Davis, a boomer bust wide receiver three. That This game doesn't really profile to that for me. I mean, he's had a pretty low target share. He only has one game with more than four targets. He has three touchdowns in three consecutive games. So it's like, all right, well, he's going to turn back into a pumpkin eventually. So I think I'll try to get away from Gabe Davis. I kind of view him as like a sell high candidate. You can ship him off because he's not getting a lot of targets, kind of like what we saw last year. He's just running hot on touchdown production. So some tough cornerbacks for Jacksonville on the perimeter between Darius Williams, Tyson Campbell. I think they can do enough to slow down Gabe Davis. So I think this is a week where we're going to see him be that bust as opposed to the boom we've seen the last three weeks. It's the all London grouping of receivers for you. Two guys playing in London and one guy named London. So I appreciate you staying uh, thematically, you know, together there. Debra, I want to ask you on Gabe Davis. I feel like he's somebody we haven't actually for, for despite the fact that he's ranked in the range of players we would usually talk about on this show, I feel like we haven't actually talked about him that often week to week. What do you make of him so so far this year and in this matchup specifically? Yeah, I mean, this basically it's Gabe Davis. You play him versus teams that struggle versus deep passing, and that is definitely not this matchup. So I, I, I'm with Erickson on the fact that you need to be sitting him and shying away. It, it really comes down to, and I used to say this all the time with MVS. It was like, is a team versus bad versus deep passing? Okay, play MVS. Yeah, are they good versus it? Okay, sit MVS. It's pretty easy. Same thing with Gabe Davis. And, and, I, and I love the fact that Erickson's bringing up all these Halloween references throughout the show. <laughs> it makes me want to go out and buy some Halloween candy right now. We are in that time. I mean, it's only a couple Spooky weeks season. away. Spooky. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to have any. You know, everybody yelled at me for all of my movie takes. I'm not going to have any hot Halloween candy takes. Candy is just objectively good. It, you know, I'm not going to dump on anybody who like, I mean, I'm a chocolate guy. I was guy ready for over, the comments like, too, man. I'm ready for you to come in here and be <laughs> I, like, you know what? I, I, have, a, I have a chocolate candy. guy over, over any sort of sour or fruitiness, like chocolate. And I'm not, I actually don't really like caramel that much, but in general, Halloween candy, good. I'm not going to you know, hate on anybody who likes uh, any any sort of favorite. Uh, Erickson, Christian Kirk or Christian Watson this week? I'm going to go with Christian Watson. Um, I like 
again, he's more of a, he's another boomer bust kind of white receiver that I like in this matchup against the Raiders playing in a dome. The Raiders can give up a lot of big plays. Raiders are one of those defenses that they have like one guy in Max Crosby. That's like <laughs> doing everything on defense. And if the team can stop him, then they have no shot of stopping the offense that they're facing. So Jordan Love has been super efficient this year. I think adding that explosive element to Watson to the offense I think it's a good match, so I, I will go with the Christian Watson over Christian Kirk. Drake London or the guy who had a breakout last week, Michael Wilson? I think Michael Wilson's actually an interesting start this week. I think that the matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals is pretty good. I'm not afraid of their secondary, and Michael Wilson's has been on the upward trajectory. He has a full-time role playing in that offense. Marquise Brown has been the target earner through the first four weeks, but Michael Wilson has been really efficient. I believe that he has like one of the highest passer ratings generated when targeted this season. I think it's almost nearly perfect. So it's one of these things where how do we project a player to get more targets? Well, when you look at the targets that they get and how productive they are, the coaches are going to look at that and be like, wow, like we should get the ball to Michael Wilson more because every time we do something good happens. So let's get him the ball more. So I like uh, Michael Wilson there. You are going against the tool there. Under 10% are picking Wilson over London, but I actually think that's the right call too, uh, you know, given, given this week. And then lastly, Gabe Davis or DeAndre Hopkins this week. I think DeAndre Hopkins just has, has the safer floor, and he's also playing a pretty bad secondary, so I would go Please with Hopkins. tell me this is not close in the tool. Please tell me uh, that. That one was uh, like three quarters go towards Gabe Davis. They're ranked close together. Really? But most people- yeah, Gabe Davis oh, about seventy seven percent. DeAndre Hopkins about twenty three percent. They're ranked very close, but more people are picking Davis. Um, that's that's being a prisoner of the touchdown. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, I think it's probably more related to just like upside. I mean, Hopkins doesn't is Hopkins ever going to catch a touchdown from Ryan Tannehill? He will like, this week versus the Colts. Calling it. All right, I, touchdown I, call anytime. TD call. Let's, let's go. Go. <laughs> go ahead and place that bet now, Devro. Give me your three must sit receivers. All right, Jordan Addison's going to kick this off, man. And part of this comes down to I don't understand the Vikings' infatuation with K.J. Osborne, but it's real. It's just like a bad habit they can't kick. I mean, looking at Addison, he's still not getting the run. His route run rate hops between 66% and 76%, but it's still less than K.J. Osborne. And not only that, he's not getting the targets. 12.5% target share? That's not nearly enough. Plus, you add on the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have not been allowing any production to wide receivers. Fifth fewest fantasy points per game allowed, so Addison is a must-sit. Then I'm going to go over to Cortland Sutton. I want nothing to do with the tandem of Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Both of these guys are extremely talented cornerbacks. If anything, I think that this could be a Jerry Judy breakout game because you're just staying away from those two corners because they don't travel. They play their sides. It's really easy to avoid both of those. And if you wanted to pick on Michael Carter in the slot, you could. And third guy I got to bring up here, George Pickens. I mean, I I get that he had the one really awesome game. A lot of that was on a broken play. Wide receiver 11 that week. Were you really happy with George Pickens when you started him in other weeks? Wide receiver 38, wide receiver 65. And I understand he's getting the volume, but now this week, he faces a secondary that's allowed the second fewest fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. Brandon Stevens and Ronald Darby are playing extremely good football. Both of them are allowing under passer ratings of under 80 right now. I think this is a game where if Pittsburgh wants to win the game, they need to lean on Najee. They need to play slow and lean on the defense. And that means not much George Pickens. 
Yeah, it's funny, you know, you including Addison here, Dero, because if you remember on just last week's Friday show with you, me, and Fitz, our key question for the Vikings game was, is Jordan Addison kind of slowly becoming a must-start receiver? Yeah. And now here we are one week later. Not only is he not a must-start, he's actively a must-sit, according to you. So that was a disappointing turnaround. Um, yeah, I'm with you on uh, on sitting pickings. I know that the Ravens secondary, like, I don't think Marlon Humphrey will play. And that is, like, a, tr- a trouble for them. But they've played so much better than we expected. They should get Marcus Williams back at least. Like, the defense is just playing so well despite the injuries. And now they're mm-hmm. getting healthier. It's, it's yeah. really hard for me to pick a player in a struggling their corners offense are playing up so them. good their corners oh, yeah. are playing like, so so good so like, much better than i had thought they would once the once fact that it's they so can rotate all these guys in just off the street like brandon stevens is playing good ronald darby they're like yeah yes that ronald darby is playing really good football right now and rocky sin when they brought yeah. him in like legit they go out and they pluck corners off the waiver wire and stuff and say hey you fit our system and they come in they always play really good so yeah, yeah. Pickens. Brandon Stevens, I've been like so impressed with. He's he's been awesome. Yes, he is balling uh, out, man. Yeah. Uh, a couple of uh, comparisons here. D wrote George Pickens or Adam Thielen this week. I'm gonna go Thielen. I think that's probably the right call. The tool has it close. It does slightly lean towards Pickens, but I, I would go with Thielen as well. Uh, this one is very close. It's basically a coin flip, and it's two of your players: Cortland Sutton or Jordan Addison. Oh, I'm going to go Addison. I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Cortland Sutton. I'll do that just based off of volume because I can't tell you that Jordan Addison's going yeah. to get it. I wish we could tell you he was going to get it, but no, sadly that's we sad, cannot. Man. Uh, and then lastly, either Sutton or Addison over Drake London. Both of them over Drake London? I Both want no part London. of that Houston secondary, and that could surprise people, but like, like Erickson brought up, They've been playing extremely good. Like Steven Nelson has been playing. Like if you look at just the numbers, he's been playing like a top 12 to 15 corner in the NFL this year, like just out of, out of his mind. Yeah. Let's quickly hit some must sit quarterbacks, tight ends and defenses here. Erickson, who you got in this clump? All right. I'll start with the tight ends and DSTs because those are not that fun to talk about. My quarterback one is spicy. So I'm saving the best for last. So I'm going to sit Hunter Henry. He's playing the saints. Look, I get that Kate Auden caught a touchdown against the Saints last week, but that's Hunter Henry's game. Like Hunter Henry has to catch a touchdown or he's not going to do anything for your lineup. And looking historically back at the Saints, so they gave up a touchdown to Kate Auden last week. They gave up one touchdown to Kate Auden last year. That's They've given up three total touchdowns to tight ends since the beginning of last year. Two have gone to Kate Auden. So unless your name's <laughs> Kate Auden, you don't want to play the Saints because you're not going to score. <laughs> so for me, Hunter Henry is going to be a player I'm trying to get away from. On the DST side, Steelers, look, their defense is good, and I think that they do have a good pass rush, but they're on bye week in week six, so that's something that you're going to probably have to drop them anyway. So I think it's smart to get ahead of it now, so you just get rid of them because you're going to drop them anyway. And their offense is playing so bad that it's setting up their defense in bad spots. Like last week, you know, the it's just not a good situation for the Steelers DST. So I don't really want to play them. And like I said, they're on a bye week, so I would try to get away from them. The Ravens offense is starting to heat up a little bit, so... I would get away from them. And then at quarterback, my sit is CJ Stroud. Um, He's playing on the road this week against the Atlanta Falcons, who I think, again, we talk all about how bad their offense is and it's bad, but their D and it sucks because their defense is actually finally good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So all these years of just picking on the Falcons, it's like, wow, now the defense is finally good. And now their offense sucks. Cause that's of course how things always shake out, but they've allowed the second fewest yards after the catch. 
And that's really what has been part of a big part of why the Texans offense has been so good. Nico Collins leads the NFL in yards after the catch. You look at CJ Stroud, a lot of his yardage, almost 50% of his total passing yards have come after the catch. So yes, has he been good? Of course. But a lot of his yardage is getting tacked on because defenses aren't making tackles on the receivers he's getting the ball to. Like they are running free in space and creating more yardage for him to get more fantasy points. They also rank fourth in pressure rate, third in quarterback knockdowns. So the thing is like the Texans have faced teams that have had good pass rushes, but not teams that have good pass rushes and good secondaries. The Falcons have a good secondary that Jesse Bates is balling out based on the contract that he signed. Like he's earning that money that he got from the Falcons in the off season. Uh, Jeff Akuda has played really well the last two weeks. AJ Terrell is actually playing like a stud cornerback. So going on the road, everyone's talking about how great CJ Stroud is. I think we're going to see a little bit of regression from him here in this matchup. I know it feels weird to try to bench him in this spot because he's been so good. But just looking at the specific matchup, like I I just don't see this being a great spot for CJ Stroud to really continue his hot streak. I think we're going to run into a little bit of regression here just based on the defense he's facing. Debro, you might be the only person who loves Stroud more than I do. What do you think about this pick? I don't disagree with it, man. Um, I love Stroud, but I've got I've got him at QB 13, and I'm probably going to bump him down just a little bit more in my ranks. Like, there's so many guys around him. Like, and, and Erickson's absolutely right. Now, there's a guy that when we talk about must starts uh, eventually, I want to bring up because I think the matchup is good in that game, but... For CJ Stroud overall, Erickson hit the nail on the head, man. Like, their two outside corners are playing extremely good, and there's just a lump of guys I would rather start over him this week. Like, give me Brock Purdy. Give me maybe Sam Howell, as crazy as that sounds. Um, Jared Goff. A lot of these other... Matthew Stafford. A lot of these other quarterbacks that were... People might not like these names, and they probably are sitting on the waiver wire somewhere, but as much as I love Stroud... This is a very tough matchup. Erickson, the player comp I've got here is CJ Stroud or Jordan Love. Oh, Jordan Love. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. About, about two thirds are, are voting for Love. So they should. Um, yep. They're, they're agreeing with you there. Debro, quarterback, tight end, and defense. I do not want to play Dak Prescott at all. Not now. I don't know if any of the rest of this season. I mean, he has been abysmal this year, um, it's been bad. QB 24 in fantasy points per game. He has not finished higher than QB 17. Mike McCarthy's got his way. Dak Prescott is a game manager. He's going to run the ball. Doesn't matter. He ain't going <laughs> to pass the ball. Doesn't matter. We don't like to score points. We win by not scoring points. We win by not giving the team the other, <laughs> give the ball. It's just, it, it's how it's going, man. And then you look at this matchup this week versus the San Francisco 49ers. Second lowest yards per attempt. Fifth lowest passer rating allowed. Seventh fewest Fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks. No, no, Dak Prescott. Um, Evan Ingram, next guy I'm going to bring up here. And I understand if you have to start Evan Ingram. I, I get it. Tight ends, ugly. Gotcha. I'm just saying temper expectations. If there's a streamer out there with a really good matchup, I'm not against you playing them over Evan Ingram. And this is not just like, okay, getting too cute. This matchup versus the Buffalo Bills is terrible. Mike Milano, when he's been around you know, active Titans don't do anything. Their cover linebackers are fantastic. There, Evan Ingram is going against a defense that allows the seventh fewest receiving yards to, to opposing tight ends, zero touchdowns. 
So you hope you play in a PPR league and hope he catches some passes because he's probably not going to score a touchdown this week. So I got to bench Evan Ingram. And last thing we're going to bring up here is uh, my DST, Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, I do not want to face the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is playing at an MVP level. You take out week one out of his season. This guy is just on another planet, different area code. Like everybody else needs to go watch Josh Allen teach tape because last week he was amazing. I want no defenses versus Josh Allen right now. Erickson, I know on our TikTok live that we did earlier this week, we talked about Evan Ingram as top five tight end rest of season. So what do you think about his ranking here? Well, Derek talked about how he's not going to catch a touchdown. Well, he hasn't caught a touchdown all year, and he's been tight end seven, tight end nine, tight end seven, tight end ten. So that's fair. I mean, there's no there. I would make the argument because the position is a poo poo platter, man. Right, that's fair. But he's also had five catches in every single game, at least five, and at least forty nine receive. Like he's been super consistent. Like, and that's for me enough of a reason to keep playing a guy. Like, why take him out of your lineup? I get that the matchup's not ideal, but. You know that matchups can be somewhat skewed, especially at tight end, where it's like, well, did you play a team that uses their tight well, end? And Hunter Henry, I mean, Hunter Henry had fun. I mean, no, it wasn't Hunter Henry. It was, um, I thought there was a game that they, the Bills played earlier this year. They gave up a touchdown to a tight end, but that must have been with Milano not active because um, I don't think that he's played all the games this year. But re- regardless, I, I just think that Ingram has been consistent enough to earn the, I think you just keep playing him because I think that getting targets is, I mean, that's enough for a reason to play a guy at tight end. I mean, the Bills this year, zero touchdowns allowed to tight ends. Last year, oh, look at that. Zero touchdowns well, I mean, allowed you, to tight but ends. But again, like Evan Ingram hasn't caught a touchdown yet this year. And he's still that's been a, tight, a top 10 I, tight end every I, I, single I'll, week. I'll say this. Tell me this, Erickson, and I've got this guy ranked above Evan Ingram. And, and Do not people might think t- it's starting Zach Ertz over Evan Ingram. Oh, that's it. That's it, baby. <laughs> oh yes. God. I'm going with Zach Ertz. No, yes. No. Why no. not? That's no. how you beat Cincinnati with tight ends Zach, and via Zach the slot. Zach Ertz could get 10 targets and still score less points than Evan Ingram because he's not good. Evan Ingram he's could dusty. get 10 targets and not score any points this week, Erickson. No. Evan Ingram. <sighs> Zach Ertz is the biggest trap of all traps at tight end this week. I'm telling you right now, the dude had okay. one catch going into right. the fourth uh, quarter. Okay, okay. Fantasy one points. Last week. Fantasy points, half PPR this week. Evan Ingram oh, versus Zach PPR? Ertz. Oh, easy you, you money. Mean. Evan yeah. Ingram. All right, I'll take Ertz. You're going to make me do this. This is, oh, this is so gross. It, in so the, I'll take Zach Ertz. In the expert consensus <laughs> rankings in half PPR, Evan Ingram is tight end seven this week, and Zach Ertz is tight end 11. So that's across <sighs> the uh, the whole industry. In our Evan Ingram, fa- don't let me down. I faded Come on, in draft Ertz. Season. Let's go, baby. Right now, let's go. Oh, bones, I need him. Let's go. Very quickly, Debra, before we wrap up, um, the, the comparison I wrote down is at the quarterback position. Dak, and it's actually a 50-50. Dak Prescott really? or Josh Dobbs this week? Oh, I'll take Josh Dobbs. Like, it's that guy's been putting up numbers and running. Yeah. Dak Prescott's not doing either one of those things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick recap here of the must-sit running backs. Najee Harris, Jameer Gibbs, Samaji Pirine, Zach Moss, slash Jonathan Taylor, Isaiah Pacheco, Miles Sanders. Must-sit wide receivers. Christian Kirk, Drake London, Gabe Davis, Jordan Addison, Cortland Sutton, George Pickens. Quarterback at CJ Stroud and Dak Prescott. We're sitting Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram at tight end. And we are sitting the Steelers defense and the Jags defense. For Debro and Erickson, I am Ryan Warmly. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. 
Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.